Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is Stephanie, your host, and today we are going to talk about setting the tone for our home. And I actually had a different episode planned for today. Initially, I was going to talk about the difference between the middle and lower class mindset and then the difference between that and a world class mindset on all kinds of topics. But this topic of just like setting the tone in your home, for your family, and for yourself just kind of kept coming back to my mind and it was just on my heart. So I decided to just kind of pivot and record this topic instead. So tell me, you guys, if any of these two stories sound familiar to you. You are a working mom. You, you know, set your alarm to wake up in the morning. You snooze it like a time or two. (laughs) But now there's like just enough time to get yourself up and put together. And then it's time to wake your babies up. And depending on your kids' ages, this could all really look different. Like if you have a newborn, well, they might have already just been up or they're freaking finally sleeping, (laughs) of course. You change them and you try to get all, you know, all of your stuff packed for the day and all of their stuff packed for the day. And then they just spit up everywhere. So you change them again. And now you're going to be late for work. And you know, you can't find their pacifier and you really need to pump now, but you don't have time. Like then you check on your toddler and you hope (laughs) that they got themselves dressed with like the perfectly laid out clothes that you had for them on the floor. But you walk in and they're playing with trains and their pants are on backwards and they have two different shoes on and you like yell at them, like, stop playing. (laughs) You have got to get dressed. We have got to go. And whatever, you just decide to do it for them. And then you need to make them breakfast. So you heat up a waffle super quick, right? And you put it in front of your toddler, but your toddler freaks out because he wanted to put, you know, the butter on himself. Or you guys know what I'm talking about. Those little things that just set them off. And now they're refusing to eat and it's just stressing you out. And you look at the clock and you're like, ah, we have got to be out the door in four minutes to even have a prayer to make it to work on time right? And then your kid is still like refusing to eat. You don't have the patience to deal with it. So you just like throw a breakfast bar at them. (laughs) And we're just totally going to skip the whole brushing the teeth thing this morning because you just don't have time for that fight. And then your school-age children or child is dressed but can't find a school folder or his water bottle for school. And now it's like, you know, 8.03 or 6.03 or 7.03. It's three minutes past the time you really needed to be like pulling out of that driveway to be on time. So you find the folder and you load them into their car seats, which is like a feat within itself. And you're running around like crazy trying to grab things you need and you get them loaded. You run back inside because you forgot your phone and you got to get your keys. And oh my gosh, right? (laughs) You finally get in your car and you hear your baby just like explode in their diaper. And you just sit there like, are you serious right now? Like you're just feeling so stressed out with all the need and like the impending issue of being late to work and what that means for you. You know, you turn the car on, you drive to the sitter, you're frazzled, you unpack all your kids. You're like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Like we got to go. Come on, we got to get inside. Let's go. You know, and they're hanging to your leg at the sitter and, you know, they want you and your heart is just torn between like your babies and your job. And you peel them off and you wave and you smile and you're trying to like run back to your car because you don't want to be any later than you have to be. And you hop in your car and you just, you start to drive into work. And if you're anything like I was when I worked full time, like this is about the time when the guilt set in. The last, you know, hour and a half of getting everyone ready and out the door was just a huge blur. 
It was a mix of just rushing and raising my voice and getting progressively more stressed as the clock kept ticking. And my kids, any kids, apparently just have no understanding of the importance of being on time to something, right? And there were so many tears shed during my commute to work, even though I love my job, because my loyalties were split once I became a mother, especially in the infant years, because you're just, you know, exhausted on top of everything else. Or if you were a stay-at-home mom, I had the same feeling, but you know, you may not set an alarm. Like you stayed, a, you stayed up late, I don't know, watching Netflix with your husband or your partner and your kids wake up at 6.30 and you are just not ready. <laughs> you are tired. You tell them to go back to bed and they don't. So you're annoyed. Like you get up and, and you try to pee, but they all are just already in there asking for a milk and a snack and some Cheerios and they wake up the baby because they have no idea what it means to whisper. <laughs> so you, you know, walk into the kitchen that is a mess and just you realize, you know, you're out of milk. So an easy breakfast of Cheerios is not going to work. So I don't know. You like look in the pantry and are like, here, here's a family sized bag of pretzels. Just go in the living room. Let me just put a show on you for a second so I can just make my coffee. And then you just sit down for just a second trying to, you know, gather your thoughts. But then your three-year-old's yelling that they need their butt wiped or whatever, right? And you do that and you walk back in to the kitchen. And as you pass the living room, you see like the baby just dumped the entire bag of pretzels all over the on living room floor. And so now you got to clean that up and then you have to vacuum and now everyone needs a freaking drink again. And your to-do list of just laundry and bills and calling the roof guy that you meant to call yesterday and trying to figure out what you're going to eat because you know, you're starving, but oh shoot, like the baby's crying. I need to nurse or feed him first. And you guys, it's only 8am and you already feel totally overwhelmed. Like you can't catch your breath. Like I've been on both sides of this working mom and stay-at-home mom fence. And I can tell you both are extremely hard in two very different ways. But I will also say it doesn't have to be like that. Like it really doesn't. I mean, you will absolutely have those kinds of days still because like we're human. We wake up late, kids lose things, and we get impatient because we just do. Like we feel guilt because we always want, I think, what's best for our family, but we're not always sure if what we're doing is really what's best. Or maybe we like actually know what's best, but we just don't have the energy to do it consistently. But let's just stop for a second. Let's just let that, I don't know, like the haze (laughs) and the hustle of motherhood just fade for a second. And let's borrow that pre-kid mind that was so daggone clear (laughs) and just sit with me here for a minute like what did you picture motherhood to be like probably a lot calmer a lot more patience a lot less of just making it up as you go and I honestly assumed I would have a lot more energy than I actually do So I want to just embrace what the reality is here. Like the reality is that we're all tired, that we have split loyalties between our job and our children and our family and whatever that might look like. The other reality is that we are constantly needed and that the mental load of motherhood is pretty freaking heavy, you guys. I think that's the hardest part for me. But 
what I want to do in this episode is to not talk in some, you know, fairy tale world where everything is perfect and it's all unrelatable. But I also, I don't want to stay in the narrative that everything is so daggone hard all the time and that it is impossible for us to enjoy this new life. So I'm going to do my best to just like lovingly hold on and lean into that tension of, yes, this is hard, but no, it does not have to be as hard as we are making it. So here's what I believe. I believe as women and mothers, we oftentimes set the tone for our families each day. If we wake up in a rage (laughs) and stressed out, then our family likely is going to follow that lead. I remember talking to one of my best friends on my commute to work one day, and we both had young kids, and we were just kind of going back and forth on the ridiculousness of our morning. Like, I don't know. Like, we both were like, I don't want to be this stressed out. But at the same time, like, why did I have to burn 50 calories just trying to get my two-and-a-half-year-old to brush their daggone teeth? Like, why did my four-year-old just throw a complete tantrum? Because the butter on his waffle was melting. (laughs) I mean... You guys, I, like, I can't. I can't even make this stuff up. Like a couple weeks ago, my four-year-old decided that he would not wipe his own butt unless it was a Sunday. Like what? <laughs> what is going on? But let me tell you what stopped that crazy cycle in my life. Let me tell you what stopped that crazy cycle in my life of starting every single day behind the eight ball. I stopped blaming my children for my insanely stress-filled mornings, and I started to blame myself. And now before anyone takes offense to this, (laughs) hear me out. Like we are all about extreme ownership here in the Legacy Through Motherhood community. So the way to fix any problem, you guys, any problem, I don't care what it is, or anything that you just don't like in your life is to take full ownership of the problem. And when we bear the full responsibility of the problem, then we also have the ability to be the solution. And that's where the power is. Like, we can't control anyone else. And Lord knows we cannot control our children. So blaming them maybe felt like a logical idea because, I mean, surely if it was just myself that I had to get out the door, I would be able to do that on time, right? You guys. Did you ever have a frantic, late, stressed out morning where you couldn't find your daggone shoes before you had kids? Of course you did. (laughs) We all did, right? So girl, like it's not the kids, it's us. Sure, they make it a little more difficult, but truly it's us. And when I realized this, I began to change things. I began to wake up before my children instead of to my children. Or I woke up before the exact minute I needed to wake up to get everyone out the door and to work on time. If I had to get to work a certain day and I needed to, you know, wake the kids up by 6.30, then I would start to get up at 5.30. And what did I do, you know, in that hour? First of all, I got up slowly. I peed by my daggone self. (laughs) I made my coffee, not a sippy cup of milk. I did my quiet time as I sipped on that hot coffee out of my favorite cup. I did my affirmations and I just took 
in the day, you know, like I just, I woke up, I put some quiet music on and actually straightened my hair and did my makeup. I set my stuff that I needed by the door and I just slowly packed like the diaper bag and the backpacks all around my house was still quiet and it was still. And then when 6.30 came, I already had my me time my quiet time, my coffee, and I already knew where everything was and that it was already packed. And I also would decide on, you know, breakfast for the kids or whatever. So then I could go in and wake up my babies with a kiss and just say, good morning, you know, like, good morning, Wes, it's time to wake up. Good morning, Noah. Good morning, Graham. Good morning, Tristan. And I could do that like calmly and with a smile. And I could you know, rub their warm little backs and see like, you know, I'm getting a little bit like, you know, something here, but you know, when your kids are asleep and quiet and their little like sleepy faces just look like angel faces, (laughs) they look so innocent and perfect. And you know, those moments where your heart just wishes you could just take a picture and like ingrain it into your memory forever (laughs) and time just kind of stands still. Like that's what those moments started to be. And then, you know, their sleepy little selves would start to sit up and I would scoop them in my arms and give them like a hug for 15, 20 seconds. And I would just say, hey, buddy, like, are you ready to have a great day? And they were moving kind of slow, but that's okay because we have a little bit more time now. You know, they get dressed and they would eat and we do their affirmations. And I'm giving them a countdown every five minutes or so to keep them on schedule. Like, hey, guys, 20 minutes and we're leaving. Hey, 15 minutes, you all, and we're leaving. And then about 10 minutes before we needed to be pulling out of the driveway, I started packing the car with all the stuff. And then my kids would kind of slowly make their way out. And then once they were buckled, one wants to tell me, you know, I don't know, about his dream he had about like hot lava and hot wheels. And guess what can happen? Like I can just sit there and look him in the eyes and listen to his story he wants to tell his mama. And I can smile and really listen and say, wow, buddy, that sounds awesome. Because we have time. Now, if we're running late, not a, not a chance and you know what, I'm going to sit there and listen to a hot lava story when I'm 20, running 20 minutes late. I'm just not. You know, and so then... After everybody's buckled, like I get in the car, we drive to the sitter and we listen to some worship music. I hear my baby singing along, you know, we point out the beautiful sky God made that morning. And I don't like, and when I drop them off, they may still cling to my leg, but it's not compounding that stress like it used to. Like I can bend over, give them another kiss and a hug and tell them I'll be back soon. And it's just not this whole rushed feeling of like, you didn't give them the time of day in the morning. And I can get back in my car then, like when I was working and drive away. And though I still love and miss my babies, my head is in a totally different space because our morning together, it was calm and it was positive. And there was laughter (laughs) again. Like there was time to just listen to that three-year-old story that takes five freaking minutes for him to tell. Right? And Please do not get me wrong. Obviously, like some days we still choose to snooze our alarm. Some days we can wake up early, but our kids still wake up and are difficult. But there is such 
a difference, you guys, when you as their mother have taken the time for yourself to get in the right headspace, period. Every morning is going to look different. You know, obviously some calmer than others, obviously depending on how many kids you have in their ages, like that story is, is, may not be your story, but it was mine and it was such a change of pace in our mornings. Like you guys, we have got to slow down. And for the example, you know, that I'm talking about in this episode, it means you wake up earlier. It can even be 20 minutes earlier just to have a daggone minute to yourself. Also, if you have an infant, let me just say, girl, like just do what you can. I was consistently getting up at 4.30 in the morning when I was pregnant with my fourth. I was like end of second, third trimester feeling good, okay? But, and all my other babies were sleeping through the night. But as soon as I had my fourth, I just slept. Like I slept whenever I could until whenever I could. So hear me you know, mamas of super little ones, please do not strive to be up hours and hours before your little babies. Like listen to your body and sleep. But for the rest of us, the rest of us who have kids sleeping through the night, or maybe they're up like one time a night, like I am looking at you. Just a simple change of getting up before your kids instead of for them can set the tone for your day and really just your family's day. The mornings I get up at 4.30 are the times, you guys, that I have the best days because I can get so much done and I can do it undistracted. And let me just tell you, I joke. I'm like, dude, if I can have some undistracted time, I can like ball out. (laughs) I do. I'm already pretty productive with five children. So give me like some time that I don't have any kids and I can be super productive. And the other thing is, is my mornings, like I can go at my own pace. I can sit and sip on that delicious hot cup of coffee. Like I can spend time just enjoying the quiet and the stillness. I get to spend time with God and I get to do some like big to do things that are on my list out of the way. So I'm not stressed out all day long, trying to find a pocket of time to do them in between like, you know, wiping butts and getting snacks and drinks and and running, you know, all around for preschool drop-offs and pickups or whatever other commitment that I have going on that day. So let's chat really quickly about those of you who have kids that wake up super early. So even if, you know, you're thinking, that's great, Stephanie, but my kids already wake up at 6 (laughs) a.m., this is not super helpful. If your kid is one to two years old, fair, okay? I would grab them. If it's anything like mine, you know, he would just honestly, if he, if my kids are like between one and two years old and they start waking up, they're just going to cry until I grab them. So even if I wanted to like leave them in there to have a second and drink my coffee, it would be super stressful to me. So I would just grab him, change his diaper, put him in his high chair with a show on and give him some Cheerios or puffs and, and a sippy cup of milk. And then I would have my time then. You know, I'd put bubble guppies on and I have 25 minutes to myself. So I would also probably like, I don't know, sit them out of sight because Lord knows if they can see you, they're going to want you. So put them in a safe space and then just take a minute, girl, if your kids wake up early. Drink that coffee hot and read your book or your Bible or journal and just breathe 
And just picture like the day you have in front of you and, and how you want it to go. 25 minutes is a great amount of time to just focus on you before the hustle starts. And you guys, your kid is happy and clean and fed. And if you're not into screen time for your kids, which actually very minimal to no screen time is actually recommended, I think, for kids under two. But then put them in a pack and play with some safe toys. But let's be real, you guys, like not every kid wants to be in some sort of pay playpen or like pack and play. So they would just cry the entire time. So, you know, as long as you aren't letting your one-year-old watch five movies a day, 20 minutes in the morning for you to just have a minute in my world is okay. But again, obviously like you need to do what feels right for you. And remember, like this is only if they are waking up during the time you want to have your quiet time. This is just kind of a backup plan when you have little ones. If you set your alarm for 6 a.m., you know, and they usually wake up at 7 and all of a sudden they wake up at 630, uh, (laughs) this is your backup plan. And when I had an infant and was still nursing, some days I would just get up early, not often, but sometimes when I felt rested, (laughs) whatever that happens. Um, But when I did, I would just nurse right before I woke up and either lay them back down or I would put them in my wrap and just wear them while I sat and just had my time. Now let's chat really quickly about what to do if you have kids that are three years old or older. Let's say you want to start your quiet time, I don't know, like around 630 and you want it to be an hour long. Awesome. So you get up at 630, you start your coffee and you make a little breakfast for yourself. And now it is 640 and you turn around and your three and five-year-old are standing in the kitchen staring at you. What do you do, you guys? (laughs) Well, let me tell you what you're not going to do. You do not let them stay out there with you. You tell them they need to go back in their bed. It is not even 7 a.m. It is not time to wake up. And hear me out. When your kids hear you up, when they hear you get up and making noise in the kitchen, even if you're trying to be super quiet, They are naturally going to assume it is wake-up time, but it is not, not for them at least. So let me just remind you, let me just remind you that you are the parent. You get to set the rules in your house. Your children do not get free reign, especially you guys not free reign to wake up and start demanding breakfast before 7 a.m. You know, I got my kids an okay to wake clock where the face shows that it's sleep time or nighttime and there's little stars that kind of fade um, every so often. And when the last one fades, the sun pops out. That's when they're allowed to come out. And I'll link to that clock in the show notes. It's been amazing. It is a little pricey, but it is so, so worth it. They also have some that are just like off on, like, um, you know, red light. And then once it turns green, you can come out of the room. I like this one because they, like I said, they have little stars around the outside that fade as the time kind of counts down. So it helps them know that it's getting closer to the time to come out, if that makes sense. The other thing is that I had a conversation with my three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old. Like I told them that they were going to start hearing mommy in the kitchen when it's still dark out. But that does not mean that you can come out or that it's time for you to wake up. 
and I explained that I had some grown-up stuff that I needed to focus on so that when they woke up, I could just focus on them. Like, hey guys, this is kind of exactly what I said. Hey guys, like you're going to hear me in the morning and you're going to hear mommy kind of making her coffee. You're going to hear me get my stuff out. You might hear the microwave and that's okay. And it might wake you up. And if it does, that's okay. But it's actually just mommy's time to do some grown-up stuff because I want you guys, when you wake up, when it's time for you to get up, I want to be able to focus on you guys. Okay. So mommy needs to get her stuff done. So I need you guys to stay asleep. And this took a couple of days, you know, to become a routine or an expectation that my kids would actually follow. And they're allowed to get up and go to the bathroom, right? But that's it. And guys, they cannot even come out and give me a hug. And not because I don't love their sweet hugs, but because you know how it is. Like it was just a way for them to sneak out, especially my Graham. Oh my goodness. He would come out and be like, mom, I just... I just wanted to give you a hug because I just love you. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, but he would do that every single morning four times, you know, like it's cute, but also get back in bed because I see what you're doing here. And now that that routine is in place, they just kind of follow it. And now that it's in place, sometimes one of them, again, usually Graham will come out and they will give me a hug and I'll give them a hug and say, okay, buddy, get back in bed. And then he walks back in bed. So you kind of have to be like, um, I don't like strict, I guess is the word as you start out. Like, no, you cannot come out and give me a kiss. No, you cannot come out and tell me about your dream. No, you cannot do X, Y, and Z. You do not need a water, right? Think about like when you're putting your kids to bed, it's the kind of the same thing. It's like, no, you don't need a drink. No, you don't need this. No, you don't need another hug. (laughs) You're good. Go to bed. Same thing in the morning, put those boundaries up so that they stay in bed. And obviously girls, like it's, it's not that we don't want their kisses. It's just that we really genuinely need this time. So you need to train them in the fact that you need this time for yourself and you need to put a boundary here. We feel like we can't, for some reason, put a boundary here. Instead, we're just like, well, kids are up time to start the day. No, you guys, no, that is, that's not how it has to be. Like kids are up and guess what? Like they can sit quietly in their bed until I am ready to start the day. I am the mother. I am the parent. I know that this time to wake up slowly and just focus my mind and my heart is the best for all of us. And it allows me to show up as the kind of mom that I actually want to be. They don't get to take that away or have power over how my day starts. And again, I'm not starting my quiet time at like 8 a.m. I'm not sleeping in until 8 and then starting my quiet time then and making them stay in bed until 11. Like I'm starting early when it would still be appropriate for a kid, I don't know, under like 10 years old to be asleep still. It is still dark outside. Like 8 o'clock is usually my end time. Sometimes it's 7.30, but I never go past 8 a.m. And you guys... If you have trained your kids that they get to set the tone for the day and they get to choose when the day starts, I would highly, highly encourage you to not let a child have that kind of power. I would take it back immediately. And also just remember, like it takes time to break a habit or a way of, I don't know, life, (laughs) I guess that we've been doing. So like it might take 
a week or two before your kids fall in line, you know, air quotes, with this new rule. But I urge you to just hold strong because it is beautiful on the other side where you are in charge of setting the tone for your day and for your family. And I really think this is a form of just self-care. So if you are feeling like you are starting behind the eight ball every single day and are constantly running around in reaction mode, I encourage you to try this. And remember, it doesn't have to be 4.30 a.m. Like just even 20 minutes can be enough. And I also think it's important to note that sleep, you guys, is super important. Like I did not go to bed at midnight when I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning. I was going to bed around 9 p.m. So in order to have a solid morning, you have to be willing to shut things down a little earlier the night before. And there are also some nighttime routines, I think, that are super, super helpful just to set your mornings up to be the best they can be. But I don't know. I mean, you guys, night and morning routines could be and probably will be their own their own episode. So Tim Ferriss says, if you win the morning, you win the day. And I have seen this be incredibly true in my life. A productive morning has a huge ripple effect throughout the rest of your day and just how you show up for yourself and your job and your family. And my favorite book on this topic actually just, you know, morning time is called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And if you have not read it, girl, you need to go get it now. It is incredible. And, you know, it just talks about different things you can do in your morning to just set yourself up for success. And I think he breaks it down to even like if you only have six minutes, like if you wake up six minutes before your children or before all the demands of your day starts, you can still have a really, really powerful morning. And he talks you through on how to have that. So, okay, guys, I hope your mornings can begin to give you life in space to just think again and that this episode just really encouraged you to take back control of your mornings and to not let your children have that control and let me just remind you as you start this journey of taking that space back that you are already enough If you enjoyed the content of this episode consider sharing it on social media and tagging me I would so so appreciate it And join me, you guys, in the next episode as we talk about ways to teach your kids how to handle money and just learn about finances in general, no matter what their age is. Even if we are, you know, on this journey of financial freedom ourselves, sometimes it's hard to know how to teach kids about money. So we're going to dive head first into this topic, and I will be giving you a ton of practical examples. I'm so excited about it, and I am so excited to just to be in this with you, you guys, helping you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.